Amen, amen. Everybody hear me okay? I can't see you, but I can hear you. I feel like I'm standing in front of a truck with its high beam lights on. Wow. It's a... It's an honor to be standing before you this morning. Um, Pastor Kevin asked me to share. I wasn't expecting that. um, I just want to honor Pastor Kevin and Sherry right now. They're on holidays. I I love those two so much. What they've done for my family and I, I can't even put into words. So I just honor them and I bless them right now on vacation. I think they're in Shawville visiting Sherry's family. We send our greetings and our love to them. Lord, we ask that you just bless their time away. Refresh them, bring them back with a fresh word and new keys for this fall. In Jesus' name. Well, some some of you know me, some of you don't. Some of you know me from long time ago. I see you. (laughs) So my name is Adam Cooney. This is my wife, Nikki. Can you wave? And my son, Chase, and my daughter, Briley. Briley lives in Fort Worth. She's going to school there. Chase just graduated high school. And we'll see what's next. Friday, he was on the end of a pickaxe all day, working for Ryan and Derek and Dan. So, a little bit about myself. Um, my family and I own a business in town, Cooney Transport. I own some property around Ontario and Quebec. Uh, our business is 77 years old, a little older than I am. My grandfather started when I was 16. Sorry, when he was 16, not when I was 16. He started with one truck. The truck cost $500, he borrowed $250, and at 16 he went into the bush and began cutting lumber and trucking it into selling it to farmers. And that's how our business started, with one truck. At our peak about 10 years ago, we got up to about 300 trucks. We had terminals across Ontario, Quebec. Um, I think about 300 people or so worked for us. But bigger isn't always better. Anybody know anything about that? Bigger is not always better. So uh, it was fun. Those days it was fun. Those days it was hard. Over the last five years, we've we've purposely downsized our business. And now we're running about 75, 80 trucks, maybe about 100 employees. So uh, I get to breathe a little bit more when I go to work. And um, it's a good thing. So... I got saved in 96, had, uh, I was living in Ottawa, going to college, had uh, a few bumps going on in my life, if you know what I mean. Anybody know about bumps in college? So that was me, I was bumping along, and uh, maybe one day I can share more about that later, my testimony. I got saved in 96 under this ministry at the old building in the gymnasium at Belleville Christian School. And uh, Pastor Kevin at the time uh, said to me, Hey, Adam, what'd you take in school? And without putting any thought to this question, I just said, Drugs. 
So that about sums up who I used to be. <laughs> I don't need to get into any more. I'm sure that you can, if you can think it, it happened. So I've been pretty open with my family, especially my kids about, um, you know, my past and some of the stuff I was doing, wasn't doing, some of the thinking patterns in my life. We're going to talk about that today. So I uh, just want to be transparent and, and just share my heart with you guys today and hopefully you get to know me, my family, and um, really, ultimately, the message I want to leave with everyone is what this leadership and what this house has done for us. Wow. Wow. Uh, we, um, we left the church. We served in the Philippines for two years as missionaries with the Baileys. They're on the wall over there. Um, Many of you have been to the Philippines. I lived there for, well, we lived there for almost two years. Uh, had a wonderful time, wonderful time. Loved living there. Loved everything about the Philippines, except the traffic. <laughs> if, you've been to, if you've been to Davao, you look at it and you go, oh, wow, it's a nice place. But when I lived there, there was one traffic light. And I think there was over two million people lived there. I can't remember. So, it gives patience, the, the, the word patience, a whole nother meaning. So uh, after I got saved in 96, um, I moved to Pensacola, Florida. There, were, there was a revival going on down there, the Brownsville Revival, if anybody's heard of it. So they started a school there, so we moved there, I moved there in 98. I met my wife there, Nikki. She's from Texas. Her dad was in the Air Force, so she's moved around the world, and uh, she landed in Texas when she's a teenager, and that was home to her. And we met there, we got married, we graduated, and we moved back up, and I went right back into the business. <laughs> that was tough. So I hope today to share some kingdom principles in the marketplace. That's what Pastor Kevin's asked me to to speak about. I uh, pray that I'll have the grace to be able to share some experiences and some things that I've gone through, some, some things that are just some practical stuff, right? I, I, try to live, I try to live my life in a very practical sense. Um, I, don't, I don't think we should try to overthink too much. You just need to deal with what you're dealing with, with, what, with what's right in front of you. Um, and we have to be a people that apply the word to that. Does that make sense what I'm saying? We have, to, we have to be a people that apply this into our daily living. If we're not, then we're getting out of alignment. And I've been out of alignment a lot. <laughs> and I've been in alignment. So I think every one of us here could say that. They can speak to both sides. So marketplace. What is a Marketplace. It's a place where we do life. For today, I'm going to specifically address the workplace. In most cases, it's a place where you go and give your skills, and in return, you earn a wage. Make sense? Okay? If you're not earning a wage, then you're, you're doing it in other ways. Maybe you're a student. Maybe you're um, uh, at home raising children. Maybe you're retired, but you're still going into the marketplace Pretty much every day, you're buying, you're, you're, you're buying goods, 
you're dealing with people, you're meeting people, you're exchanging smiles with people. Some people don't smile back at you. I find when I'm at the grocery store, most of them don't smile at me too much. They're probably very busy dealing with people who complain. So some practical kingdom principles. Are you ready? Matthew 6.33. If you have your Bibles open to it, Matthew 6.33, this is a practical kingdom principle. You've never heard this before. Are you ready? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Sounds easy. But I find a lot of us, and I've been there, so whatever I say to you, if I'm pointing at you, I've got three fingers pointing at me. Fair? I've been there, I've done that. We're, we're a people, we're believers, we're Christians, but we're not necessarily putting the kingdom first. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom and all righteousness will be added to you. All these things will be added to you. How do we seek the kingdom? In my opinion, it's quite simple. We cultivate a lifestyle seven days a week, not one day a week, seven days a week, where we're putting this first. Make sense? It sounds easy, but at times it's hard. Is that fair to say? Let's be honest with each other. It sounds easy, but there's days it's hard. Would you agree? Yeah. Okay. I find if I'm putting this first, if I'm cultivating consistency, and that's really what Jesus is talking about. Seek me first. Seek the kingdom first. Cultivate consistency every day, every week. What happens if I don't read my Bible every day? <laughs> Move on. There's tomorrow. I didn't read my Bible this morning. Read it tonight. I got busy tonight. I got tired. I watched too much Netflix. Start tomorrow. Okay? Someone needs to hear this. Just cultivate consistency. Seek him first. There's a lot of things vying for our attention out there. Would you agree with that? Okay. I, um, I have, with the exception of Facebook, removed all social media off my phone about two years ago. I feel like I caught a breath of fresh air when I did that. Everybody's like, oh, have you seen this TikTok reel? Have you seen that? No, I haven't seen it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to allow things into my life that kind of push out the consistency. Is that fair? When we came back to this church four years ago, in fact, it was four years ago this weekend that uh, four years ago today, Tammy, we walked into this church again and uh, the first person to greet us was Heather DeWall is that right? and then Derek Dowling you remember that? and uh, 
that was tough. We, we were going through some stuff in our lives, in our family, in our marriage. I was going through stuff in here. I got, got stuff going on in here. But as Pastor Kevin and the leadership, Pastor Barry and Mark, and Mark began to walk us all through um, the three chairs. Who remembers the three chairs up here? Remember those three chairs? It's, I felt like they sat up here forever. <laughs> and, and honestly, can I be honest with you guys? When I came in here, I sat right over there, right by you, Ed. And I looked at these three chairs, and I didn't get it. I didn't understand any of it. But I'd been, I'd been serving the Lord for 20 years at that point. Isn't that wild? But truthfully, there's some of you here listening and online listening where that's where you are today. You're, you're, you're getting stuff, but there's a lot of stuff going right over your head. And I just want to speak to that this morning. I just, I, just, I just want to share kind of some stuff I've gone through, we've gone through, and I, I, my hope and my prayer is today that you can leave with a nugget, just a nugget, and you can go home and you can apply and you can massage and, 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 and work that nugget because it's pliable, right? That's what the grace of God is. We had, and, and Pastor Mark Henshaw, he's like, famous for this. He's always talking about chair one and chair two. Are you listening? Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you, if you're listening to Pastor Mark, he's always talking about chair one and chair two. <laughs> Why does he talk about that? Because he was a guy who came up in the ministry in chair two and he's moved to chair one. And he understands his sonship. He understands the message of grace. He understands his position, position as a son, Romans eight, right? We've been adopted into a family right? Do you guys understand that? Romans eight 15, we've been adopted in as sons and daughters. We, we can't do this in our own strength. We can't do this in, in, in our own works. And, um, I was there. Pastor Mark was there. I, I understand it. So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Adam, how do I do that? Be consistent. Open up this word every day. Try to spend a little bit of time with him every day. I know life's busy. Life's busy for me. I'm running a business. It's busy. When I go to work, <laughs> there's days I don't think I'm going to be busy, and I got people pulling on me all day long. All day. Then I go home, and I'm tired. But find consistency. Find time. There's, there's amazing teachings online, podcasts, a couple of my favorites, Bill Johnson, Bethel, John Kilpatrick, uh, House of His Presence, you know, Alabama, Chris Vallotton, uh, Pastor Jeff Johns in Indiana. Some of you know Pastor Jeff through Whitehorse. I just let these guys feed me all week long, and I try to stay consistent in that the best that I can. Another kingdom principle, we've heard this time and time again, be salt and light. Okay, be salt and light, living through the lens of sonship. What Pastor Kevin's been teaching for years is be salt and light. Go wherever you go, whatever you do, just be a change agent. Be someone who shows kindness. Show kindness. 
show love. And I know it sounds simple, but there's days I don't. Okay? We're just being honest with each other, right? Maybe you guys have never experienced that, but I have. I've had days where I've not been kind. Just ask my wife. (laughs) Ask my kids. (laughs) Go ask the people that work for me. (laughs) There's been days I haven't been nice. There's been days I'm short-tempered. There's also been days where I've just let them talk, and I just listen and listen and listen, and all of a sudden, God gives you a nugget, and you just speak it right into their life. Be salt and light. Make sense? Live and work from a position of rest. Pastor Mark talked about it last week. Work, live from a position of rest. The leadership's been teaching on this for for years. And um, it's taken me a while, but I'm getting it. Is anybody else getting it? If you work for someone as a kingdom principle, when you're on the clock, do everything with excellence and integrity. Fair? You, you need to. I employ 100 people. If I pay you for eight hours, for 40 hours, I expect eight hours of work. Is that fair to ask? Do everything you can with excellence and integrity for your boss, for your manager, for your owner. Be salt and light to them. Be a representation. Wherever you are, whatever you do, Ed, you're a truck driver. God bless truck drivers. Where would we be without truck drivers? I own a trucking company, so yeah, I know we're going through. But all these first responders, all these essential workers, wow, where would we be without them? They don't get the recognition they deserve. But Ed, everything you do, I would challenge you do with excellence and do with integrity, right? Because for the most part, you're alone all day. You're in the truck. Ed, you're, you're, um, Joe, you're, you're alone behind the, behind the wheel in the truck all day. But do with excellence and do with integrity, right? Give everything you can. I tell my son when he goes to work, if you, if you start at 7 a.m., you start at 6.55. You don't show up just on time. We don't do that. We show up early because that's integrity, right? We've got to be different, don't we? People are depending on us. They don't know they're depending on us. They don't think that way, but they really are. Fair? I don't want to be a person that takes the easy way out. Imagine if our forefathers did that. We have, we, have, we have grandparents in our family, all of you do, aunts, uncles, great aunts, uncles, who went to war for us. Imagine if they took the easy way out. Wow, I'm thankful they didn't.
So I just want to speak a little bit about the Word of God. This is something that's been heavy on my heart all week. I've been, I've, as I've been preparing and just thinking about this, we need to be a people who make the Word of God centrality in our lives. How many of you brought your Bibles today? Hold it up. Let me see it. How many of you use your Bible on your phone or the Bible on your app, your phone app? I do too sometimes. I do too. But we need to be a people who make the word of God centrality in our lives. Romans 12, 2 says that the word renews our minds so that we can know the perfect will of God. I think there's a lot of people out here, whether it's here or elsewhere in the church, the church in general, that they're questioning, I don't hear from God, I don't know what God wants for my life, I don't know whether to turn right or turn left, and they're not making this a part of their lives. It's, it's a simple kingdom principle. David said in the Old Testament that, I lo- he said, I love the law, I meditate on it day and night. What he was saying is I love the word of God. Amen? Bill Johnson said, and I quote, my value for the voice of God must be represented in my value for scripture. Let me say that again. My value for the voice of God must be represented in my value for scripture. How many of you want to consistently hear the voice of God? Every hand in this room should be up. (laughs) Every hand. I want to hear God's voice every day. I want to be led by him every day. I don't want to make mistakes. Who wants to make mistakes in this room? Nobody. But we make them every day, don't we? (laughs) I want to hear his voice and I want to know his voice. I want to know where I'm going, what I'm doing. I want to be led by his spirit, Romans 8:14. So my value for the voice of God must be represented in my value for scripture. I want to encourage you guys today. Be a man and woman of the word. Be a man, a woman of the word. Know your word. Know your word. People are depending on you. People are looking for truth. People are looking for something real. We can't give them anything unless this lives inside of us because we have to be able to give them this. Make sense? Right? Take the kingdom wherever you go. Meaning live your life every day through the grid of God's word. The grid of God's word. There's a show on TV, I don't know what it's called. Um, the Gold Rush guys, where they, where they dig for gold up north. And I've, I've watched one or two episodes and they're, they're sifting um, for gold all the time in those big sifters. But that's what God's word does for us. It's a sifter. 
Okay? I want you to get this picture in your head. You put this in your heart. You live this. You, you, you believe what it says. You do what it says. You, you don't do what it says don't, not to do. And you sift it in your life. And you're going to have gold. You're going to have gold. It will take time. You're not going to read something and the next day, it takes time. It takes consistency. Right, Peter? Live who he says you are. Do what he says to do. You cannot walk out your mandate if you don't know what that is. How do you know what it is? Does every, would, let's be honest. Do you know what your mandate is? Young people, if you're under 25, look at me. Do you know what your mandate is? Do you know what you're called to do? Do you know the gifts that God's put in you? Let me release the tension off of you right now. It's okay to say, I have no idea. It's okay to say, I have no idea. How do I find that out? You're with me. You have a lot of potential. I can see it all over you. You have tremendous potential. You walked in this morning and there was like brightness all over you. I'm not kidding. I don't know you, but your smile is infectious. And I would encourage you, be a young man of the word. Wherever you go in life, whatever you do, wherever you move to, be a man of the word. God will change your life and he'll change everybody around you. Okay? We cannot know our mandate if we're not positioning ourselves to hear what he's saying and see what he's doing. I'm talking about right now. It's been a crazy two, two and a half years. Anybody or just me? <laughs> this place is closed. This place is open. This place is closed. This place is open. Got to watch church online. And I got to be honest with you. I'm not a fan of watching church online. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not against it. I'm not opposed to it. I'm just, it doesn't work for me. I want to be here. I want to be amongst the people. I want to be rubbing shoulders. I want to be hugging people. I want to be loving on people. I want to be loved on. I, who, who doesn't want to be loved on? I want people like, hey, Adam, how's it going? Yeah, good. Feeling good. How was your week? Crap, but I'm here. Anybody? Must be just me. (laughs) I want to shift and just bring something up that uh, the Lord's been speaking to me about for a couple months. I was, we were in prayer here one Saturday night. By the way, Saturday night prayer is where it's at. Okay? There are, thank you. There's like my little crowd of people over here. We started praying the first Saturday night of January. We had prayer last night. Seven months later, we had no idea how long we were going to do this, but Pastor Kevin felt 
and the leadership felt that we were to begin doing this in January. And I think, I think the, the consensus was, we're just going to do this as long as there's a grace to do it. If people show up, we're going to pray. Last night, I think we had 15 people in the middle of the summer. In the middle of the summer. And let's face it, as Canadians, we're not packing the church in the middle of the summer. They do down south. She's from the south. I've been there. I live there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Three-piece suit, 104 degrees. God bless you. Not up here. But we're praying. Saturday night prayer is where it's at. And I would encourage you, whether it's next Saturday or in September, come Saturday night. One hour of your time. So... On average, most of us live 10, 15 minutes from this church. So 15 minutes here, one hour prayer, five minutes of fellowship, 15 minutes drive home, an hour and a half of your night. There's a core 25 people-ish that come on and off every Saturday. And I'm telling you, you should come. Where do you live? Where? Where's that? Pickering. You, thank you, Tom. You come on Tuesday night, corporate prayer. One Tuesday a month. Okay? If you come in here and you look at us and say, I have no gas money to get back home, we will pay for your gas. Right, Mike? What was I talking about? Saturday night prayer. I was praying back here, I don't know, two, three months ago, and um, I felt my spirit, the Lord, say to me, I want you to come up higher. And I had this vision where um, I was... I had this, I just saw these pictures where I, I was like climbing a mountain and it was like dense jungle, like in a movie. And I'm, and I'm pushing my way through this, you know, um, brush and this leaf jungle and I'm coming up and it's like, he wanted me to come up higher. And as I came up higher in the mountain, I came into a clearing and all of a sudden I was on the top of the mountain and I could see everything. I could see clearly. But when I was down there or in the middle, I couldn't see anything because I, I was in brush and jungle. And I felt, perceived the Lord saying, come up higher. I want to show you things. You can't see them where you're at. I want you to come up so that I can show you them. And, and in that, and in that, a couple weeks later, I perceived that he wanted me to become more sensitive in my hearing, in my seeing. So it's one thing to go up the mountain. It's a whole other thing to stay there. And for me, I think it's important that we, we're, we're careful on preaching our convictions, but we need to live our, our convictions. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Okay, it's one thing to talk, walk around and talk about all this stuff all the time, but you've got to live it. There's, there's times I haven't lived it. I've got people in this room that have worked for me or work for me still, and they've seen both sides. So I'm, I'm, I'm an imperfect vessel. I'm just sharing my experiences. And I just want to encourage you to, just to come along with me. Is that okay? 
even if you're from Claremont. <laughs> and I said, how do I become more sensitive? What, what things do I have to do? And I read Mark 4, the parable of the sower. And all of a sudden, I find myself reading things like that I need to be careful what I'm hearing because it affects my spirit man. Okay? I want to read it to you. Just bear with me. So Mark 4, if you don't know what it's about, it's the parable of the sower. Sowing seed on good ground, rocky ground, thorny ground. But here's what it says. Um, verse 18. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. I, I used to be a thorn, by the way. There's a few thorns out here, but there's grace for it and there's healing for it. Listen to this. Now there's <laughs> ones who have been sown among thorns. They're the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world. Uh-oh. And the deceitfulness for riches. Oh, no. And the desires for other things enter in and choke the word. They choke it right out. And it becomes unfruitful. Are you hearing me? But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word. Let me say that again. But those are the ones who are sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it. What that means is you believe it. You believe it and you put it into action. Okay? You accept it and it bears fruit some 34-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. Verse 20. But those are the ones sown on good ground, those who hear the word and accept it. May I be so bold as to say that there's a lot of us including myself at times where we hear truth, but we don't want to believe it. And we move into unbelief. Anyone? Just me. We move to un unbelief. Do you know that the word says that unbelief is directly related to a hardened heart? Do you know that Jesus rebukes the disciples four or five times in scripture about having a hard heart. Man, I wouldn't want to be in that boat. I was reading the other day, Mark 16. They're all sitting at the table eating. Jesus walks through the wall, right? After the resurrection. And they, the word says they didn't believe. It was him. I wouldn't want to be at that table. And he said, how do you not believe it's me? Is your heart still hard? Three and a half years of walking with him every day. Think about this. Think about this, guys. The miracle maker. The living word. Miracles, signs, and wonders. Three and a half years. John says that there's so many miracles that not... that." They couldn't possibly write them down. Not all the books in the world would contain it. That's what the word says. So we have to be careful how we hear or what we hear. Are you with me? Young people, you're hearing a lot of things all day long. 
especially on your like phone. You're seeing things and you're hearing things that aren't truth. They're not, there's no truth to it. I'm not saying everything, right? You're seeing things, you're hearing things, you're being taught things that aren't truth. How do you know they're not truth? Because they're not in here. How do you know this is real? Because I choose to believe. Why do you believe? Because it takes, because it, I just do. It's, it's, it takes faith, right? Bible says every one of us have been given a measure of faith. But it's up to us to grow our faith. Did you know that? It's up to you to grow your faith. I'm not going to grow it for you. Pastor Kevin's not going to grow it for you. Barry's not going to get up here and run around and preach and, and all of a sudden you're like, whew. It's up to you. It's up to you. It's up to me. But our heart can, be, can become hardened by unbelief. So I would ask you today, what are you believing? I thought you were talking about kingdom principles. Uh, <laughs> this is a kingdom principle. In fact, it's a foundational stone in kingdom principles. Okay? I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the guy who's got the house built on the sand. I want it to be on the hard, rocky ground. Because winds and storms are coming. That's what the Bible says, right, Mike? It doesn't say if you're going to be persecuted, when you're persecuted. When storms come, when you read the word, pay attention to those little hinge words. When storms come. Huh. Storms are coming? I thought I was a believer. Exactly. They're coming. How are you going to react? Unbelief is a spiritual heart attack because unbelief leads to a hardened heart. If a heart was a tree, its branches would look like pride, fear, lust. Quick little story. Numbers 13. Does anybody know about the, uh, the 12 spies that went into Canaan? Right? Numbers 13. Do you know why the Israelites spent 40 years in the desert going in circles? Do you know the reason they spent 40 years in the desert was because of unbelief? It's true. Read it. It's right here. 12 spies went in. 12 spies came out. How many gave a good report? Two. What did the other 10 do? They grumbled and they complained. Joshua and Caleb said, we can take the land. It's available. We can do it. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We need these men here. We're going to go up on the ridge. We're going to... I'm paraphrasing. It's my version. The other 10 over here, notice Moses wasn't even talking. It was just these guys talking. Two said, we're going to take the land. We got the swords. We're going to just... God, God is for it. Caleb said, God's for us. He's going to do this. The other 10 said, no, we can't. They're giants. And they were giants. They were giants. Scholars believe they were nine, ten feet tall. I don't know if they were or not. That's what they say. I mean, if I was like five foot five, taking on a ten foot guy, man, you'd need faith, wouldn't you? You'd have nowhere to hit him. 
Two believed, ten didn't believe. The Bible says that they had what they said. Let that sink in. So what happened? Ten unbeliefs, two beliefs. Read the story. I won't go into it. Read Numbers 13 and 14 this week. Very powerful story. There's so much truth in it. So much truth that we can apply to our own lives. We have to be careful about what we hear. We can protect our own soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions, by choosing what we listen to. There's conversations at work that I take myself out of, I remove myself from. That was not always the case. I do today. Not every day. There's some conversations I don't want to be a part of. I don't want to hear certain stuff because I don't want that getting inside of me and just taking me back to a place I used to be. I don't want that. That's just me. That's Everybody's walking their own path, but it's right in the word. So it can't be wrong. We have to be careful what we hear. Verse 21. Is a lamp brought to be under the basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? That's you. For there's nothing hidden which will be not revealed, nor there's anything been kept secret that should not come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Then he said, take heed what you hear, for with the same measure you use, what does that mean? The measure in which you take, in which you heed what you hear. Does that make sense? That's a little wordy. We have to protect and position ourselves into what we hear versus what we don't hear. So if the measure we take to protect our spirit man, Jesus said, take heed what you hear with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. It's going to be measured to you. And to who, sorry, to you, to you who hear, more will be given. Wow. Let that sink in. If I position myself to hear properly or protect myself from hearing stuff, then I'm positioning myself for increase. Does anybody want increase? I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about our spirit man growing. So what's, here's my nugget for you today, and I'm closing shortly. Young people, old people, people in the middle, take heed what you hear, for you're going to be measured on what you hear, and your position of increase or no increase depends on how you hear. Make sense? Only you know what you should be listening to. I'm not in a position to tell you what to listen to, what not to listen to. I, I'm not. I don't have that authority. I can, if you ask me, 
I can, I can share with you some things in my own life. What I watch, what I don't watch, what I put before my eyes, what I don't put, music, movies, whatever. You know, I, I, I'm careful because I want him. I want more of him in my life. My family's depending on me to position myself to hear. As I come up higher, I need to be more sensitive. Fair? My bloodline's depending on it. We prayed about it last night, didn't we, guys? Do you know that we can obey our way into great faith? I said earlier that we've been given a measure of faith. Every one of us in this room has a measure of faith. It's up to us to exercise that. Okay? Now, I'm not a bodybuilder. (laughs) But if I want to gain muscle, I have to lift weights. Right? If you want to increase your faith, you have to exercise your faith. And if you want to exercise your faith, you need to put this inside of you. You need to position yourself to hear properly. For some of you, that might mean maybe to stop hanging around certain people. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's to get away from conversations in the workplace that are toxic. Just throwing some stuff out there. Maybe it's putting boundaries up around certain family members that are, eh, troublesome. Anybody? Okay. (laughs) Kingdom principles in the marketplace are all tied into this. Now, I could have spent an hour talking about how to make money, talking about what God wants to do with your money, all this stuff. But as I spent this week going through this stuff, I just felt, you know, I need to share what God's been doing with me. This is just me. I want to grow. Anybody else want to grow? Why are we here? Why are we here? What, Sunday morning, middle of the summer? We're here because we really honestly want to give glory to God, don't we? We want to honor God. We do, don't we? Or we wouldn't be here. So apply the word of God in your life. Fair? If you want to honor God and, you, and you're actively looking you, you, phys- you came here. You physically walked in here. You, may- you got dressed. So honor him Monday to Saturday as well. Not just two hours on a Sunday. Fair? All right. Does everybody stand? Before I forget... Elena is going to be out front. No, she's not going to be out front. I'm sorry. She wanted me to let everyone know that she's selling fresh lemonade at 55 Lambert Drive on the 23rd. I believe she's handing out brochures or these leaflets at the back of the church as you leave. I would encourage you, stop by and get a glass of lemonade. You know, you know where this money's going, right? She's been doing this now for two years. What a blessing. Father, I thank you for today.
I thank you for your word. I thank you for worship. I thank you that you're here. We honor you and we love you. Lord, I ask that you would give all of us a grace to repent and soften our hearts, make our hearts pliable, that we can see grace and truth. That, Lord, we would put the word of God in the center of our life and we would measure our lives through the grid of your word and be people of your word, Lord. That we would be doers of the word. Lord, let that sink into every one of our hearts here today. Lord, I bless everyone in this room. I pray they have a great week and they would walk out their sonship. They would walk out their relationship with you in the marketplace, in their homes, with their family, everywhere they go, that they would demonstrate the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Thank you so much.